Oi, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? Aye? You'll find out in DJ247's podcast. Here, what's the best game where you swing from a rope? And what's the best game where you borrow the pole? Like I said, you will find out in this your podcast. Hello and welcome to VG247's Best Games Ever podcast, in which myself and three guests attempt to find the very best example of a specific type of game. For example, this week, we're trying to find the best game that nobody cares about. My three guests have all chosen the game that they think towers above the rest in this very uh, specific leaderboard, and it's their job to convince me that their pick is the right one. On the panel with me today is Editor-in-Chief Tom Ory. Hello, Jim. Supposed to say hello a bit quicker at that point, Tom. Thank you very much. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And we're joined by Features Editor Dom. Hello. And Associate Editor Alex Donaldson. Hello. Hi. Uh, was they so, much quicker than me? Just to be, I, I don't want to. Bring I was on the phone for a thing. Uh, but. Just well, you know, I mean, I, I I told you off for not being quick enough, and then I completely fucked out his <laughs> intro. So <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's not dwell on uh, who messed up whose intro. Um, so so this week we're talking about best games that nobody cares about, which is it's a it's a difficult one to uh, you know put put shape to because it's entirely subjective, isn't it? Mm. I mean, everything's yeah. subjective as a podcast. It's going to be tricky. There's two things to judge, really, isn't there? There's, is it good? And also, does anybody care? Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, when I was devising these, mm. there was quite complex thought process to get really good uh, choices in the list of uh, topics. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got we've got about a year's worth of suggestions in an email somewhere for topics. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to the real dregs of those. <laughs> well, we're at week 30 and we're doing best games with like physics engine watermelons that you can cut through because that's a genuine <laughs> thing. You know, there's about 30 games in that. Do you remember that time when like everyone with a physics engine had watermelons in the level somewhere? It was a whole trailer for yeah. Metal Gear yeah. of Vengeance, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. The, thing, the thing I remember there is the cancelled indiana jones game demo that they showed one e3 that was on the same engine as the force unleashed and they just basically had fruit and veg carts everywhere in this (laughs) middle eastern marketplace that indy would smash into and smash enemies into yeah it's and it's a crying shame that that never uh that never got anywhere so um who are we gonna we started off with tom last time so let's start off with uh dom you ready to go yeah, sure. All right. What is your pick for the best game that nobody cares about? My pick for best game that no one cares about is the best Pokemon game, the best the Pokemon game with the best story and the most content, and that's Pokemon Conquest. Okay. okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, you, you I have waited to fill for me in because like. <laughs> yeah, it, so, it, it, that, that's an extremely fucking good game. So, yeah, I knew Alex would uh, have some sort of reaction to this. I think I've seen you talk about it before. Um, I mean, long story short, it's like the, a Pokemon game mixed with Nobunaga's Ambition, like a uh, quite a niche strategy title uh, set in like feudal Japan, and that is pretty much the long and short of it. Uh, there's over 200 Pokemon in it, and for the first, it's the only game that I'm aware of in the whole series that you can evolve trainers like you can evolve Pokemon. And uh, I just think it's nice to kind of flip that on its head and let you do that. If you if you pair like the right Pokemon with the right Warlord, they get to a point eventually where they're like, oh, I feel a power surge or some shit. And then they can <laughs> you can evolve them along with them. And it's just a, a nice spin on that whole, uh, instead of Pokemon, you battling Pokemon, Pokemon kind of battle you. Uh, you can kind of like 
put uh, all your guys down in the strategy map, take over different places, and the main story, which is quite long, turns out it's just a tutorial. So, like, once you finish the main story, there's, like, 38 more, I think, stories to do. Uh, oh. And for a Pokemon game that don't usually have, a, like, you know, the end games have been getting weaker and weaker as the series has gone on, I think that's a pretty <laughs> uh, niche and uh, interesting way about to go about, like, prolonging your experience. When did this come out? Well, it, I don't know anything DS about game. this. Okay. Like 20, it, it, the way I would... Dom described it pretty well. The thing that I would say is it's basically um, all those lads from... Uh, Dynasty Warriors, mm. uh, Samurai Warriors, like all that sort of area. That okay, because it's made by Tecmo Koei, but it's a right. strategy game, not a Musu game. So I was going to say, is this a bit like Dynasty Warriors Empire sort of thing? But yeah, it, it's yeah, kind of right. It's okay. that, but it, they literally go, "What did this conflict look like in the Pokemon <laughs> world where people had Pokemon <laughs> to fight with as well as swords and stuff?" <laughs> I love this. This is brilliant. I've never heard of this at all. You know what? Actually, more people should care about this. Yeah, damn straight. It was it was overshadowed a bit because I think it came out in 2012 and the 3DS had been out for a year at that point. And so it's a DS-only mm. game. Obviously, you could play it on ah. 3DS, but no one kind of cared because it wasn't shiny and new. Uh, and also, mm. it was the same year as Black and White 2. So there was like a kind of mainline-ish Pokemon game there that everyone yeah. kind of cared about instead but this this kind of i thought i thought sorry i thought you meant the, the peter molyneux oh, game I, thought, <laughs> so. <laughs> I was like what black and white too <laughs> that colossus but yeah no yeah okay fine yeah um okay so yeah that that no, that makes a lot of sense especially coming at like the end the end of gen for that type of machine as well although you wouldn't have thought that that would have hurt it too much considering backward compatibility and all that but i guess people were just Looking for the new thing, right? It's Pikachu on the cover. Uh, I don't know what's no, on the No, Jigglypuff cover. is probably the most yeah. the most famous <laughs> main Pokemon. Jigglypuff is my favourite Pokemon, but it's Jigglypuff has not got the star power. As yeah, is Pikachu. he? But is is he a is he a is he a game seller? No. Mm, well, exactly. <laughs> They've never had a Jigglypuff shaped N sixty four, have they? Well, Alex, they, they should. just check, just check. I mean, <laughs> you never know. Uh, Alex takes us to the next room and he's got a room full of them. I would say Jigglypuff <laughs> is like is like top 10 most famous Pokemon. Mm. I would say my friends and partners that don't know Pokemon would know Jigglypuff. I think it's got that level of mainstream sort of breakthrough. But clearly, wouldn't buy a game with Jigglypuff on the cover, though. So No, no. I think historical they Japanese... They did Pokemon like Let's Go Eevee and not Pokemon... They did Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and not Pokemon Let's Go Jigglypuff. I'm actually, reason, in the last two seconds, I convinced myself, actually, I'm wrong, and I would buy a Pokemon game with Jigglypuff <laughs> on the cover. So Yeah, you would. Yeah. It's the only Maybe. one I would buy is that one. <laughs> it could be like a, a SingStar kind of thing, but you've got your, your avatar as a Jigglypuff, and you got to, like, sing. I think that would be uh, a pretty... I mean, there's infinite Pokemon spin-offs. Why not do a karaoke one? Mm. One thing I, I mean, want to I'm say about this Pokemon... One thing I want to say about this Pokemon spin-off is something that sticks out in my brain that I remember is that, is that it's got hay fever in it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a weird specific thing. But I remember when I played it thinking it was so weird. Like, you know, RPGs and strategy games, they have status effects that can affect yeah. the characters. And one of the effects in this game is just at certain times of the year, the warriors just get hay fever and can't do anything. <laughs> It's like, like malaria and Far Cry 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a Pokemon. So I'd love to see Pokemon take on the Far Cry uh, <laughs> template. 
You've got to like you got to just to take over a bunch of settlements as Jigglypuff with an AK forty seven. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that, this sounds this sounds incredible to me, and I'm just I was, like, I mean, it's no surprise that I've never heard of it because like I I don't know anything if it's not like Morrowind. Um, but uh, that's the first mention of Morrowind, Tom. Note it down. Um, but uh, that sounds. I mean, in my head now, it's it's Dynasty Warriors Empires, except you've got a load of Jigglypuffs in that. So. <laughs> I, like I, turn, the idea I, t- yeah. I turned Dom. my nose up immediately when Dom said Pokemon. Yeah. And as he explained it, I was like, actually, this fits the topic very well. Yeah. I'm this quite is annoyed. Actually, I'm quite this annoyed. is actually. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, this game probably has a, a strong role in certain elements of Nintendo history as well, in the sense that obviously um, these guys, it, I assume the team that did this at Koei was the, is the team that does Nobunaga's Ambition, which are the proper strategy games, like they're Japan's version of Total War. Mm. And then they did this with Nintendo, and then later on, that same group did Fire Emblem Free Houses, which was a mm. huge hit. Also, you know, a strategy game, right? So there's a little bit of a of a through line there that's cool. And I mean, if you look at the kind of relationship between Koei and Nintendo now, you've got uh, Fire Emblem Warriors and Hyrule Warriors. Like, this series might come back. We've seen Pokemon go to uh, Historical with Arceus, so maybe this kind of there's like mm. more of a market for this opening back up now, and you know, ten years down the line, we can get some sort of like spiritual success or even right. a, a proper so sequel. Too many people care about this. Too many people <laughs> yeah, you mean you're actually now making a pitch that people yeah. might start caring about it in future. Oh. So you're on shaky ground with the rules now, Dom. I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> right, that's that's just my pitch for getting it back. I just want it back because. Uh, it's even hard to get hold of. If you're in the UK, you can't find a physical version of this or download it. Yeah, it is. How many copies have you got, Alex? <laughs> just the one. I don't have a box, actually, come to think of it. It's, it's, it's unboxed. It's just a loose cart. How much did you pay for it? About 500 quid? <laughs> I bought, I know, it was like, um, it might even have been, it might even have been a review copy. Because back then, that was when Nintendo wow. didn't send games with boxes. That was their way of stopping like Grebos from taking them to CEX. Yeah. They would just send you a loose disc or a loose cart. Yeah, it's just everyone at Future. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ended up in the bath CEX. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, let's move on to Alex. What's your pick? My pick is a little Nintendo Wii game called Disaster Day of Crisis. Now, <laughs> Disaster <laughs> is, in my opinion, an absolutely tremendous game, but it's mm. also a game that uh, Reggie feels about the boss of Nintendo US said was embarrassing and shit <laughs> and didn't even release in America. Um, but it did get a release here in Europe. Uh, how to even describe this game? It's made by Monolith Soft, so the same people who make Xenoblade and stuff like that. This is a team mm. that makes good games. This is one of the ultimate post 9-11 games without all the grossness. Because there was that whole culture, right, after 9-11, and you've got TV shows like 24 and things like that. And this is that via this sort of um, disaster movie obsession of the 90s. So imagine if... so. It's it. I would describe it as being a little bit like Metal Gear. I would describe it as being a little bit like 24. I would describe it as being a little bit like those disaster movies. But it's that thing of it's those Western... A bit like Metal Gear. It's those Western ideas and that western Mm -hmm. view of the world and things like that filtered through japanese developers which is always awesome (laughs) um Mm. and it's also a weird like compilation game so 
I looked it up on Wikipedia, and Wikipedia describes it as an action-adventure game. But it's an action-adventure game that has... So it's got sections where you're running around and you are rescuing people. It's got sections where you are driving a car in first-person perspective and you're using the Wii Remote to drive. It's got light gun shooter segments. It's got hand-to-hand brawling. Um, It's got, like... But they're basically designed mini games for so like there's mini games where you have to give people CPR and it's using the Wii Remote in all interesting ways. Um, the story is just ludicrous. So, oh god, I don't even know how to. So, like the character you play as is like an ex Gulf War Marine, um, yeah. and he works for the International Rescue Team. Nothing to do with Thunderbirds, um, although quite a lot like Thunderbirds, um, and. Mm basically he's got trauma because they were rescuing people from a erupting volcano and his partner died. So he's that guy. He's that, he's that Jack Bauer sort of guy who's like slightly depressed and, and and his life's gone off the rails. And then he gets a call from the president that there's going to be a big disaster and he's needed. And that's how this game starts. And it's like, there's all sorts of, so there's natural disasters, but then it turns out some of the natural disasters are being caused by terrorists. Mm. (laughs) So you, some of it you're battling terrorists there's a volcano erupts there's earthquakes and buildings fall over um there's car chases there's uh the very end of the game you are on a boat boat that sails into a hurricane and you're trying to survive on the boat in the hurricane and then the boat reaches the eye of the hurricane where everything's calm and then you have a fist fight with the lead terrorist um (laughs) it is it is the lead terrorist just spinning really fast causing the hurricane (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's bomb diffusers, so you have to be cutting wires and stuff like that and it's very much i think the influence of 24 on it in particular is was probably enormous because it totally has split screen and it has those tense mobile phone conversations with the president but the thing i loved about it when i played it is just it's so so ridiculous like it starts out and it's like oh i'm gonna be on this rescue team you do the prologue which is a volcano eruption um and then you uh, there's an earthquake and you're rescuing people and you're lifting rubble off people and doing CPR and, you know, ho- hoisting unconscious people over your shoulders to rescue and stuff. And you're like, okay, this is what this game is. And then it just, there's the threat of nuclear war and, you know, you're in I mean, like... It, it, none of this sounds any more absurd than the average plot of a Metal Gear game, to be fair. It's, I think maybe, very... maybe the audience were quite like harsh on it. It's very, very similar to Metal Gear, I think. It's, I think the if difference you, like, is it doesn't take itself anywhere near as serious. It knows <laughs> that it's ridiculous. And so when it does stuff like you're at a, you're at a geothermal power plant that the terrorists have been yeah. trying to overload and mm. they succeed in overloading it and all the geothermal like gunk is is racing down a mountain like lava and you get in a car and you're driving down the mountain trying to outrun this stuff it's so good and it's all in first person that bit yeah. and then and the you... volcanic ash comes down as well and it's just like in metal gear this would be like really solemn and there'd be a 20 minute speech about this is why geothermal power is really dangerous you get to the bottom of the mountain you get to safety and then you get attacked by a grizzly bear <laughs> in so metal gear it would just be the president topless <laughs> so you know it's uh yeah I, f- I feel like if 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 people had stuck a hideo kojima game on that it would have gone down as a as a masterpiece can i uh can i come in now because i've got thoughts <laughs> Go on. so alex has sold this to be a, a brilliantly fun time 
as a, as a game. Oh, here we in, go. In reality, <laughs> this game is terrible. Right? I review. I reviewed this game. My <laughs> review is on the internet um, at a previous uh, place of employment, and I gave it five out of ten. Uh, that resulted in an email coming in, someone threatening to murder me in my sleep. Because, that was probably uh, me. I uh, <laughs> yeah, I gave an, what was seen as like a Nintendo. It's like a Nintendo published game in the UK, at least. I think. And I it's a Nintendo a, game, yeah. A Nintendo game, a five out of ten, was uh, unheard of, and obviously people were angry about that. But this game is. I agree that when you listen to Alex talk about it, it sounds brilliant, right? It sounds like a fun time. All those brilliantly fun, uh, inventive scenarios. Yeah. You, you play it and it's just terrible. Like it's just, it just plays badly. It looks, it looks beyond awful yeah. at times. Like there are bits of it that look okay, but this is like, I th- I don't want to go back and read it. Cause like reading old stuff is totally is awful. But I imagine I said something like it looks like a PS1 game or something along those lines. Cause it really, I mean, it probably doesn't, but it's got, got no, that it level of like, Wii jankiness that is just like Nintendo made some really impressive looking Wii games. This obviously is not a Nintendo game that looks good. Um, does, it, does it strive for realism? Is it going for that kind of realistic look yeah. as much yeah. as it could do? Yeah. It's, just, it's got a naturalistic yeah. look from what I remember. Yeah. I never played it. I just thought I kept seeing copies of it for like two quid in Game Station. There's one in my drawer at work. I just yeah. kept every day I'd look at it and scream right into the drawer. <laughs> and then this draw, is yeah, just the, the, thing the same would... website. Sorry, I was just going to say this is the same website. Remember, we got death threats for our Devil's Third coverage, Tom. So. Yeah. Oh, well, that <laughs> is <laughs> truly <laughs> To be fair, this, this get, Alex won't agree but this game to me is the same level of quality as Don't that say it. Oh my God. The, the only no. thing the only thing this this has going for it is that it has that level of like awareness that what it's going for it's... isn't isn't meant to be serious but it doesn't that that just slightly so slightly papers over the fact that most of it is terrible. It is. I don't see. I wouldn't say it's terrible. I would say it's serviceable. But it is one of those games of that era where you know it's trying to. It's trying to, to to shoehorn in every single piece of the Wii. So it's like when mm. you get in the car, it's like unplug the nunchuck now and turn the the control on its side so you can do your so you can do your twisting and turning. Then plug the nunchuck back in. Then do this. Then do that. And it gets really annoying. And a lot of that stuff is, you know, a little bit janky. But the thing I love about it is, <clears throat> you are never doing one thing in that game for too long because it's constantly throwing curveballs of new stupid stuff it's like one of those games where it's like six hours it's a nice relatively short length where you just enjoy this roller coaster of this story mm. like i've got to be honest i don't have any if, if they remastered this game i would play it again but i don't have any specific desire to break out the wii or even download dolphin and replay this game um, mm. But the memories I have of it and the feeling that I left the game with, uh, I adored. And I was a little bit, because I think this could have you know. been one of those games where had Nintendo of America actually stuck by it and released it and stuff like that, it could have had a significant enough cult following that it probably could have got a sequel because it even ends with a little, it's got like a post-credit stinger, which is <laughs> which is literally, the post-credit stinger is everything's fine. And then the president gets a phone call, and it cuts to outer space, and there's <laughs> the an president asteroid is in it. And yeah, and it cuts right. to, it cuts to space, and there's an asteroid streaking towards the Earth. <laughs> like that's that that's the post credit stinger. Oh, it's such. I uh, mean, it just sounds like like post nine eleven panic meets WarioWare. 
right? In a in a weird <laughs> way, yeah. In a weird way, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I quite I, I do like that idea. I have to, but but what what I would say is that a thing that you you said about two minutes ago has stuck with me where you talk about how like it's quite bite-sized so you're never doing the same thing for long enough to get sick of it essentially the only thing that that comes back often is the light gun shooting and the light gun shooting is fine if you like light gun shooters i love time crisis so you're not selling this at all i love time i love i love i love i love, I love, yeah. I love time crisis i like light gun games but that is like the that is the one thing yeah. that you do fairly often is you do light gun sections it just reminds me of our conversations we've been having about star trek alex because um (laughs) you know how like modern star trek is really serialized and it's like 10 terrible hours of the same story and you get sick of it 20 minutes in and you've got another like eight and a half hours to go and it's like why and then you've got this new series which is episodic but it's still kind of rubbish but now you've just got 10 rubbish hours as opposed to you know 10 rubbish individual episodes versus 10 t- one 10 hour lot of rubbish and it's like is it really that much different it's still 10 hours of crap right 10 so, hours of crap was my tagline for the review I, 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 I see see i see this is the thing i fundamentally disagree i don't i don't i'm not saying it's like a great game but to me it is like a uh a, a, a seven easy right just okay. to just to go back to the title of this podcast Best game. <laughs> yeah, best it, game. Yeah, but... It, it, well, you know, surely then, one of the categories in the future will be best 7 out of yeah, 10. bring it back then. <laughs> but also, there's evidence from someone on this podcast that reviewed it, gave it a 5. Nobody cares about it. I got a death threat, so... <laughs> <laughs> You only got to get different from a Nintendo fan, though. Probably never, say, probably never actually played it. It's it, Alex. The brief was, <laughs> the brief uh, just, was not shit games. Is, that some people care too much. This about. is this is one of my. <laughs> this is genuinely one of my favorite like Wii games. It is. It is. It is so ludicrous, and I, I think a big part of it for me is mm. that, admittedly, I was at that period in well, uh, two thousand eight. That was around the period where the show had gone a bit shit. But I was a huge fan of 24, even though it's a hmm. gross neocon torture fantasy. <laughs> it's still a great TV show. And this yeah. was a far better 24 game than the 24 than the game. Ones you got. Which actually is all right, that 24 game. But this is like a million times better than that. And it even treads a lot of the same ground because the 24 game is about terrorists causing an earthquake. Which which happens in this game? Except in this game, the earthquake leads to a tsunami, which is even better. <laughs> well, speaking of video games that uh, exemplify uh, naughty's uh, post nine eleven panic in television, Tom, uh, you've got quite a pick here. Does that does that follow? I guess it does. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to find a segue here from right, fucking so, the president punching an asteroid or whatever. So we've had we've had so far Dom with the game that is just it's too boring to even consider. Alex <laughs> with a with a terrible game, and then me with the game that right. So remedy right, big big developer, Uh-oh. maker of great. This isn't going to be what I fucking think it is. is maker it? of great games <laughs> on a platform, some great games, just great games. <laughs> on a platform Xbox One that people were going out of their way to to dislike, right? doesn't matter what the game was. If it's on Xbox One, people did not want, did not care one bit, right? We'll give you that. So there was a big, this had it all uphill. So 
imagine the like scene. special guest Josh West. Mm, imagine, <laughs> imagine the scene. Josh West is at a press conference, <laughs> and on the screen comes a kind of amazing-looking set piece, and everything slows down, and the character kind of moves between like the shards of glass from an explosion, all that kind of stuff. It looks amazing, and then you get told that there's going to be like four hours of live action TV in it and like, oh, fuck's sake, what are they doing? <laughs> so this is this is Quantum Break, right? This is this is the game that Remedy made that probably led to them doing Control, which everyone loves, right? So mm. I think Quantum Break is actually a brilliant game. You don't have to care about the TV stuff, which actually, considering you lot all watch probably the kind of crap that gets churned out on CW... Superhero nonsense, right? Jesus, Jim, right? I bet you watched all. I was about to say, I'm really surprised that this is your pick because it is it is a video game of the exact kind of television that you always give me a hard time for watching. I don't even fucking watch it. Well, that's your fault, isn't it? I watch documentaries about ancient Rome and Star Trek. That's it. That's all I watch, Tom. Okay, so this. This is you. You'd love the the quality of this because it's probably a step up from some of the TV you watch. So the, the TV show itself actually is fine. Like it's a bit, it's sci-fi nonsense, but it's fine. Like for what it is, like I think they kind of they gave up on it a bit in terms of the marketing and everything else because people just didn't care about that aspect of it. The game is really good. Like it's a a sci-fi shooter person sci-fi shooter looks incredible like this imagine this this was on xbox one which people quite rightly were down on because it was not the best console of the time it was underpowered Mm. it kind of struggled a lot against against ps4 but this game looks incredible at the time um had a load of cool powers like the character which i can't remember the name of the actor but he's like someone that appears in the tv shows that we've just been discussing probably May have been in something big at some point, like Lost. I don't know. The, the, main, the main guy. Yeah. The main guy is uh, is what's his Sean Ashmore, been, isn't it? Been in Ashmore. Of Sean he Ashmore. was in. Uh, he was in like yeah. one of the X Men, couple there of the X Men films. So, but it's also uh, Lance Reddick, which is like genre yeah. television. I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say the yeah. only good thing about this game, in my opinion, the only the only truly outstanding thing is you got Lance Reddick in it, and also mm. it gave Remedy Courtney Hope, who obviously then went on to play Jesse in Control. The rest of it mm. can get in the bin. But no, the game itself is really good, right? <laughs> it's, it plays brilliantly. Like, it's got that scent. It's got that kind of cool, like, Remedy are good at slow motion, right? They do it really well. It's got mm. that kind of cool, like, in-combat stuff blowing up all over the place. You're kind of sliding all over around the room. Slow-mo stuff. Enemies kind of flying backwards across stuff. Things like tables getting knocked off, which is always great in games. Um, and it just plays really, really well. And I think people were just adamant that it was a bad game because it was Xbox exclusive, which at the time they had they had some some duff games right on a console that wasn't great. So people were down on it because of that and because of the live action stuff. But I think it is a really really good game. Um, I, I imagine I probably overrated it and gave it like a nine out of ten because that's what I did. Because <laughs> I like when I like stuff, I just like it, and I think like why not give it a nine? Who cares, right? So. I probably gave it like a really high score. I think it's really good. And and unlike Alex, who didn't wouldn't replay his his choice, when this got like upgraded for uh one X, I replayed it. Like it looked brilliant still. 
with like the higher res and stuff. Mm. Um, I think it's just a, a top top game. Even if you went back to, I think it probably came out like six years ago or something. It still play really well now, um, and just has mm. like that the the gameplay, like the actual like action element of it, is really really tight. The story is sci fi nonsense in a way, but it, it works. You know, um, you know what yeah. I I was gonna say actually that when the when the one X version came out. And subsequently, I think it's had a like a, a sixty FPS patch for series as well. It's like it's 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 up there with like one of the best looking console games ever made. I reckon once it, it you know it got the hardware that could run it nicely. Um, so it does have a little. It does have a bit going for it, and it's the only game on this panel that I've actually like played and completed. So I mean, but it's it is, it's a bit crap, Tom. It's not. It's it's the shit. It, let me tell you something. It's the shit middle chapter between two really good games. That's a great way of putting between it. Alan Wake and Control. Mm. I think it's, everything yeah. that you like about Quantum Break, you can just go and play Control and enjoy there instead yeah, in a control, better way. Control to me feels like <laughs> I like Control, but it feels like because it's a it's a bit more serious. Mm. It doesn't have like the ham factor. That Quantum Break has. Quantum Break feels more gamey somehow. Mm. If you want gamey, I've got the game for you. Yeah, I'm not playing that game. (laughs) Quantum Break has like a as a an extended sequence where you break into an old swimming pool. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, So uh, I think we need to come to a conclusion now. Um, And uh, think carefully, Jim. Come on. Well, I I mean, I've got to say, Tom. Like quantum break. Like first of all, right? It's an Xbox game, so there are a bunch of people out there who will insist that it's brilliant because it's an Xbox game, and and there's a certain type of person that regards Xbox, the console made by the second richest company on the planet, as somewhat the underdog, <laughs> and and will defend to the hell anything it it puts out. So I think there are a lot of people who do actually care about Quantum Break, Tom. So I think first of all, uh, you've you've you fucked the brief. There. Right, just let's just before you carry on, the other game, one of them is Pokemon, right? Right. Yeah. And the other one was on the Wii, or like the most successful console of all time. Yeah, it, it was on the, the Wii, it, but the, the the pub one of the like execs of the company that made it said it was crap. <laughs> Didn't even get a North American release. The one thing I'll say about Quantum Break, by the way, is this. They didn't even want to make it. They wanted to make <laughs> Alan Wake 2. The game started as Alan Wake 2, and then Microsoft said, no, 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 we need you to make something that can be a TV show, and they retooled it and built this. Alan Wake was like a TV show. What? I'm just telling you that's how that's how the development of that game went down. Is that is that Microsoft said to them, "We don't want Alan Wake Two. We want a new IP uh, that we can build this t- this TV crossover thing around." So Microsoft could have had Alan Wake Two, yep. exclusive, yep, and they went, "Actually, no. We want some fucking J.J. Abrams bollocks with yep. what's his fucking name? Who looks a bit Jim, like George Jim, Bush? You've you've seen all J.J. Abrams films? They're crap." <laughs> you probably got them on Blu-ray. No, I don't. Um, it's uh, everything. Everything after Alias was uh, diminishing return. Any any game that is described as a, and I'm quoting here because I'm just looking at the old marketing materials. A transmedia action shooter, video game, and television <laughs> uh, hybrid. Uh, <laughs> that's why people don't care about it. That's what, why it is the perfect yeah, choice. What it comes across as is a is a a, a, a sort of seven out of ten action game where they didn't where they've got placeholder cutscenes 
and they've just left them in. That's what it feels like to me. I don't know about you, but when I played it, I just started skipping the cutscenes. Thinking, I just I don't care about this enough. Nobody um, cares about it. It's in the title of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't care about it while I was playing it, but you know, as we've established, there's a lot of crazies out there, right? So, <laughs> um, Alex, uh, so I mean, right. Disaster Day of Crisis. Uh, like I say, my only my only uh, awareness of this game was when it was being sold for like um, three pounds in Game Station, and people and I'd pick it up, and, and whoever I was with would be like, "Nah, don't get that. It's a lot of rubbish." <laughs> I read this review on Video Game, <laughs> um, and uh, I just is 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 it that it's so bad it's good, or is it that it's just bad? And, I, uh, I, I don't think it's just. I don't think it's just bad, but it's definitely got that. It's got that charm to it, and I think I am a sucker for this stuff. But there was that period, right, mm. where a lot of Japanese developers were making uh, new IPs that were heavily inspired by Western stuff, and that's how you got Dead Rising, for instance. Yeah, and this game feels a lot like Dead Rising to me. It's not as good a game as Dead Rising, right. but then again, Dead, Ra- Dead Rising is like one of the best games of the last 20 years, I would say. See, I hate Dead Rising, so that's just cemented it for me. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't like it because they made you aim on the left stick. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dom, uh, Pokemon Conquest uh, sounds to me, it sounds incredible. And, um, and, and, your pitch for it. Um, I mean, honestly, it didn't take much convincing. As soon as we got to the point where this is this is sort of like you know Total War Shogun with Pikachu running about. Uh, it's a I think- bit sort of Dynasty Warriors Empires. It's got that sort of you know that clashing of empires, like actual history of feudal Shogun Japan with Pokemon. I mean, that's. That's a brilliant concept, and people should care more about it. So they don't, absolutely, I think the best sell for it for me is it kind of does away with all the kiddie shit in Pokemon games. Really, it's kind of like the most, like I guess even teeny Pokemon game, like teenagery, because yeah. uh, yeah. it just does away with all the handholding of the main series and kind of gives you the, the the fun of learning a little bit of very dubious history while yeah. training things up. So yeah, I can't yeah. recommend it. Enough. All right. Well, I mean, so as far as I'm concerned, then the uh, the best game ever that nobody cares about, apart from Dom, <laughs> is uh, Pokemon Conquest. So I feel like you've. you've I can accept. I can. I can accept that because I also love that game. But uh, I mean, Tom won last is time. Legendary. <laughs> when when the the five people that listen to this episode <laughs> and one of them comments, well, that one person will be like, "Tom was right." Oh, you mean Josh West? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to DM him after this. <laughs> get ready. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just looking at a trailer for Disaster, and literally the top YouTube comments: "One of the greatest games ever made." Says Ink Sock. <laughs> Jay Fuser says it's an amazing game. Chloe Pendragon says the best game. I've been playing it all day, and I can't get enough. Vixor says 
one of the most fun games of the generation. None of those sound like bot comments at all. <laughs> Marlon says, I started playing this bad boy today. It's amazing. So good. Remake this game for Wii U. I'll buy 10 copies. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't age the comment at all. Um, well, you've just demonstrated also that too many people care about it. So uh, um, I feel uh, I feel vindicated in my in my decision to go with Pokemon Conquest. So there we go. Right, so we've decided uh, as a committee that the best game ever that nobody cares about is Pokemon Conquest, and that's that's frankly the end of it. Tom, you gave me that power, so you can't take it back now. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss another best game in an arbitrary category that Tom has imagined. Until then, goodbye. See ya. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, please review it, subscribe, and check out what else we do on VG247.com.